Another episode of Grey Knockers is coming right now. Hey, it's Sam from DIY Huntress, and I am Grey Knocker Nation. What, what? Sam in the house. What? Is this not what you've been waiting for? Have you not been entertained? I'm Ryan from Mackinwood. This is Ben from Myers Woodshop. Yo, it's Austin from Ebony and Birch. I'm Nate from Built by Nate. This is Jesse from Mullen Woodwork. This is Jenny from Sacred Cinder. Hi, I'm Sean Vance from Vance Made. I'm Steve from Green Creation. This is Nick from Goodwood Designs. This is Kevin from Tool Tech and more. This is KC with At Mangrove Designs. I'm Donovan from The Beardless Man. This is Taylor Hubble from Hubble Woodshop. And I am. And I am. And I am. And I am Grain Knocker. Grain Knocker. Grain Knocker. Grain Knocker Station. What's up, Grain Knocker Nation? Welcome to episode 11. I cannot wait to talk to DIY Huntress Sam. She's amazing. And uh, she does a lot of good stuff on Instagram. I hope you uh, will appreciate this conversation we're about to have. We've been away for a little while, and I have to apologize. Uh, This episode should have been out a month ago, and we had a bit of a family emergency here in my house, and I just want to say thank you for your patience. Thank you for the nice, kind messages. Really appreciate that. We also just walked out of a gigantic mega giveaway, and I cannot say thank you enough to all the companies that sponsored the giveaway, all the Grain Knocker Nation members that helped spread the word, participated. Thank you so much. Congratulations to the winners. That was awesome. I wish I could do that every week, but for now, let's go to DIY Hunter Sam. We did record with another company guest prior, but the sound quality was really bad. We'll invite them later to another episode. So this is just going to cut right into uh, our conversation with Sam. So if it's kind of awkward at first, I apologize, but it's awesome. If for some reason people live under a rock and don't know Sam, DIY Huntress, why don't you Guys, give them don't a worry. Little... Don't worry. I'm, I'm really not that big of a deal. You're a celebrity. So you're not living under a rock. You, you haven't heard of me. You are a celebrity on Instagram. I may be like a Q-list celebrity, if that's the thing. Like... You're, you're still, you're on a list. Okay. <laughs> All right. Why don't you just give a little backstory though, as far as like, how did you even pick up a tool? Like what, how did you pick your name? How, like, just let's run through it before we start talking I was about. born. I was born in 1990 in a town called. No, I, won't go that far back. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute! I should have maybe told her beforehand. Um, okay, so I guess so. Let's start with when I picked up tools. So um, when I was a teenager, I had really lame retail jobs, and I hated every second of folding clothes. And but I, I worked. I, I hustled since I was 13. I've I've had a job and. Um, when I was about 15, I essentially begged my parents, like, please don't make me fold clothes anymore for the summer. I just can't do it. Like, I'm going to lose my mind. And uh, my dad was like, well, you got you to gotta do something. So you come to work with me. And at the time, he was flipping houses and doing contracting work and handyman stuff. And so I went to this, like, sketchy house with him. And he handed me, like, a gallon of paint, a, a hammer, and he was like, all right, let's get to work. And then we went ahead and started working on his houses. So then I, I learned from there how to do molding and tile work and all this other cool stuff. And I was hooked. Can I ask you a quick question about folding clothes? Was, sure. <laughs> was, it, was it at a retailer that like we all know? Yeah, I worked at PacSun for a while. PacSun. Okay. And then Old Navy offered me like double the money I was making at PacSun. So I worked at Old Navy for a while. Their discounts are sick. If you're an employee there... 
like you get discounts there, the Gap, Banana Republic. So if anybody's looking for a retail job, go work for one of those companies. All right, here's a sign of a real folder, though. Like I've <laughs> I've talked to a couple different experienced folders in my day, and <laughs> did you use the folding board? Hell no, I didn't use the folding board. I did it all by hand. Okay, good. All right, good. So you you're, you're flipping houses with your dad. Now let's fast forward going into school, like college. I mean, did building stop okay. in college or? Really long story short, I was originally going to go to school for interior design. And then someone in admissions at a school that will remain unnamed crushed my hopes and dreams. So I went back to the drawing board and I was like, hey, I have family members with disabilities and I love talking to people and I'm going to go into psychology. So I went to school for psych. I did undergrad in three years because I'm a psychopath. I missed one full year of partying. I don't know why I would do that to myself. <laughs> um, and then I mass applied to grad school for school psych programs. And uh, my full program from start of my master's to the end of my PhD was six years. So I started my master's program. And around the time I started, I was really bummed because like, I just felt like I had lost touch with my creative side. And so I got back into like making things. And um, when I was back in undergrad, I was crafting things for my dorm. Like I never bought anything. I would always make things from like scrap. And one day, one of my friends who was a fashion blogger was like, hey, you should totally start a blog and teach people how to make the stuff you're making. It's really cool. And <laughs> legitimately, my response was, what the F is a blog? I have no idea what a blog is. And so she kind of walked me through what a blog is and I basically took it as oh like it's a journal it's a journal of places I'm going to keep all my projects and how I do them so other people who want to see them will learn how to do it fine so I started the blog as a crafting blog that went on for about three years I somehow had people who loved what I was doing even though I personally didn't feel fulfilled by it like at some point I was like I'm making pure crap and I really don't like this anymore and then at some point during that process, I, I started getting back into the home improvement and woodworking stuff with my dad. And then I was like, why am I not doing this on my blog? This makes so much more sense. I like it a lot more. And I started blogging about woodworking. And that's kind of when my blog turned into a business. Because as soon as I started doing what I loved and being passionate about what I was posting, I started getting some amazing opportunities like right away. Yeah, that's awesome. But a couple things. Mm -hmm. First thing is, I think there's a little bit... If you have that builder inside of you, there's always that part of like that creative itch inside of you. There's some, like most of us have. As soon as you go and try to do something like responsible like college or a corporate job, for me, I was never really fully fulfilled. You know, it's just like. Yeah. So I guess for me. I've, I've always been the type of person who wants to teach and help and has a passion for helping other people find themselves. And I think that's why psychology just clicked with me. I mean, I, I, I got my PhD last year, so I'm officially a doctor, which is like insane. <laughs> it's like crazy. <laughs> I don't know. My, my students call me Dr. R and it every day is the weirdest day of my life hearing doctor so, come out of their mouth and am, towards my face. So <laughs> Am I disrespecting you by not addressing you as a doctor? No. Because now no, okay, I, feel I had bad. a professor. No, I had a professor in college who did that to me once, and I was like, I swear I'll never do that. So, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but no, like, I luckily am very fulfilled by my job. I, I just feel like 
I'm doing what I can. I'm doing the best I can every day to help somebody. And that to me feels very fulfilling. I will say though, you know, a large part of why I went for my PhD is because there's a lot of freedom for me once I'm done with my licensure, which is hopefully this year. Um, but once I, I'm become licensed in my state, I can own my own practice. And right. that to me is something that's so fulfilling because then I can fully juggle splitting my time effectively between having a private practice and my and my blog. Okay, we have uh, we're on Insta Live right now, so we had a couple questions. One of them's from Kings Woodworking. He said, Sam, is it a disadvantage or an advantage being a female maker when it comes to, um, when it comes to sponsorship? Yeah, that's a good question. And I will say that it has its pros and cons. Um, I definitely think being a female in, in kind of this woodworking industry does sometimes give me the leg up because I'm able to relate to women who are trying to also get there. Um, I think I, I bring a different approach to the making a little bit. And that's kind of what makes what I do appealing. But at the same time, you know, unfortunately, there's still people who exist um, who can't accept that yet. And that's okay. And we're making strides. And, and there are a lot of amazing women makers and woodworkers right now in the community. Um, but yeah, I, I can say that there are times of adversity where I run into people who will be like, hey, did your boyfriend make that for you? Or did your, you know, dad help you carry that out of Home Depot? Like, no, MF. I did that myself. So thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> All right. I think that there is, like what you said, an advantage and a disadvantage. And I think it's kind of individualized, too. It's how someone carries themselves. I I hope to think that, at least in this woodworking community, that we can look at a project and not instantly say, oh, a guy or a girl made that. Like, I was talking with Rustic Duck in a couple episodes ago, Amanda, the queen bee. And she was like, why are we so surprised when you find when you see something awesome and you're like, yeah, girl made that. Like, let's get beyond mm -hmm. that. I think we're beyond that now. At least we should. Be. First of all, she is badass. She's awesome. Um, and I agree. I think you know for sure that there are some times where um, I've been discounted because I am a girl. Uh, but I don't know. I think I will say like 99% of the time I feel very supported by at least the community that we're in. And maybe it is a safe bubble because um, there are a lot of really supportive people. But I mean, I do definitely do still run into people who are kind of like girls. I mean, okay, backtrack story. I was in a, a home improvement store and a guy legitimately was like to me, why, like, why are you here? And I was like, what, what do you mean? Why am I here? And he was like, girls don't belong in the lumber section. And I was like, whoa, back up. Like you do <laughs> not like this type of person doesn't exist, but unfortunately it does. But I would just say, you know, that's like a one percenter, like, you know, one percent of it exists. and You can't let it affect you. If I let the one percent affect me, I wouldn't be able to create cool stuff because I wouldn't be able to move forward. So um, 99 percent of the time being a female woodworker is also that's where I'm at. Do you think that the best feeling about being a female woodworker could also be like the worst? Like, is it so gratifying when someone looks at something you've done and be like, wow, you've made that. And then on the flip side, someone saying, wow, that's really great. I can't believe you made that. Like you're a girl. Um, so luckily like growing up, I mean, I grew up with two brothers and my dad and, and I grew up with family members who understood that I was tomboyish and like I took on more of the hobbies that typically a girl wouldn't take on. So I feel like at least when I get it in person from people I know, it's kind of more of like in awe of what I'm doing, which is great. 
I will say though, the most fulfilling thing for me in anything I make is seeing other people use my plants to make it. Like that to me is why I do this. I don't do it because, you know, I want praise or I want any sort of fulfillment in that way. But like I said, I kind of feel like I'm a natural helper and I love the fact that I have this way and this means to be able to teach other people how to do what I'm doing um, or how to learn and start somewhere. And then when I get messages or tags on projects that people have done of mine, like that to me is the most fulfilling thing. Yeah. It's kind of like Brad at fix this, build that, you know, like some of his projects and plans he puts out and then he gets to see like thousands of people post his flip cart that he made. And you know, it's like, that's gotta be cool. And that's, that's part of like, I don't do content creation. I'm, I'm mostly just post like what I do for a business and then uh, podcast stuff and then maybe a little tool review stuff of what I really like or don't like. But what you just said, like helping people and like the gratification of seeing your help play out with a post, man, that's got to fit. That would, that would be the only reason I would want to do like the content stuff or the blog stuff. Yeah. I mean, I definitely struggled with that when I was first turning DIY hunters into a business was, okay, well, how do I juggle my content? But it ended up coming very naturally because I started realizing I don't need to put fluff in my blog in the sense like I don't need a post about what I ate for lunch today or like where I went on vacation because that's not really why people are there and that's not my message. My message is I want you to come to my site. I want you to be able to find some some sort of inspiration or if you know you want to build, I don't know, like a wine cabinet that you can come to my website and find those plans for free and be able to do that. And that's kind of... um the advice that I give to people who are looking to start a blog is have that in mind when you start is, you know, I wish I had that in mind when I started, because if I was doing what I'm doing now, when I started my blog five years ago, who knows where I would be right now. Right. You know, it took me three years to figure that out. And I, and even though I asked for guidance, I didn't really get it. So I always try to give guidance when, when people have questions and need it. One of those things just being, Be passionate about what you're posting. If you're not passionate about it and you don't feel like there's a drive there or a push to be doing what you're doing, pass the financial gain because that doesn't come right away. You know, if there, if that drive isn't there, it just doesn't, it's not worth it. It's, it's, and it's going to come through in your writing and your projects. Okay. You're, you're bringing up so many key things that I could just ask you a question about nonstop. But the first thing was, go, 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 go. I know. All right. So the first thing was like Instagram in general. Facebook, social media, whatever your method is of getting out information, it becomes addicting. Like I know for me, it became, it overtook my free time. Like, and and then it started to cut into my business. Like I would put my tool down and then I'd go over, look on Instagram. And then I kind of had to slap myself and be like, what are you doing? Like, stop. Mm -hmm. And then because you love that reaction from people, even if it's a like, or you saw someone view a story or whatever. Then you start doing the things that you just are telling people not to do. Unless you love it, don't do it. Because I did find myself posting like, I saw a rabbit today. And that has nothing to do with my business or woodworking. It's like you just got to be careful of that, right? But, so, well, I don't know. Because I think there's like a, um, a fine line there. Because I think at the same time, like you want to run a business, but you want to be personable. So like. I share a lot of my life on social media. I share the good days and the bad days because everybody has good days and bad days. And I think that it should be relatable. I don't, 
You know what I mean? Like, even though I'm there to, to give you free tutorials and teach you how to do things, like, I still want you to know that I'm not a robot, you know? Like, yeah. I'm a person with feelings and experiences and a life that I really would love to share with other people and have other people indulge in. But yeah, social media is tricky. Like, I remember when I first, I think when I got around 10,000, I was like obsessively on my phone because I was like, oh my God, 10,000 people follow me on Instagram. And it was like so exciting. But at some point, like I really learned how to shut the notifications off. I don't get any notif push notifications on my phone anymore. Um, I check when I have spare time, which is like if I'm on the lunch break, if I'm in the workshop, I'll obviously be on my phone because I want to share my experience. But having such a busy life has taught me and having gone through a lot this year, family wise and, and a deep loss in my family, like I've learned a lot about really unplugging and spending time with family and the ones you love because at the end of the day like I absolutely love every single person who follows me and supports me on social media but there are just times when I know that I also need to give that love to my family and I need to like put my stuff away and there are days when I don't post anymore and I know that people understand I have an eight-year-old stepson at home and I have a 14-month-old daughter at home oh my god and a little you won't like I my lady loves me because I am passionate about anything that I do. Like that's just a characteristic of me that she really likes. But she also realizes that that passion can kind of overtake like what you just explained. Like I, I needed to learn how to put aside something like just my business in general. I would go and just want to be in the shop 24 hours a day. Or I wouldn't take care right. of myself. I wouldn't take care of my family. And it's like what you just said. You wouldn't said. shower. You wouldn't eat. You wouldn't. Right. You should smell me right now. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> good, thing I, good thing we're meeting over the computer. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. Coffee, Sam? You want to go for coffee? No, I'm good. Okay. Hey, New York. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's so important, though. I think when you balance that stuff out, you cut some of that unnecessary, unfocused post down. You know, like it is good to be personable, but I also think you're right. Too many posts that don't have much thought behind it or value isn't worth it, you know? Yeah. I mean, the other thing is like um, how many followers I have, how many likes my photos are getting, um, how many people watch my Insta stories. And, and yes, if you're growing a business, I understand that. And I, I will be the first to admit that I've gotten wrapped up in that before. But there comes a point in time where you kind of just got to like let go and, and not really focus on, Oh my God, I have to post twice a day in order to gain these many followers, or I have to, you know, follow these many people. So they follow me back at, at some point. I would rather spend the time that I used to spend obsessing about that, just being personable and answering comments and going through my messages and answering questions, because that's really what's going to form those connections for you. It does, at the end of the day, yeah, numbers are great, but, you know, not all companies look for that. I'm lucky to have worked with a sponsor for the past two years who's fully for a full year sponsored my blog who doesn't care about the numbers. They just want to know that I have relationships with, because that is valuable to them. Yeah. Someone, not to interrupt, but someone commented a little earlier and they said, because Sam is a Home Depot Hall of Famer, anytime she walks into her local Home Depot, do they have to announce it? <laughs> that would be amazing oh my god that'd be amazing like okay so two years ago home depot sent out like pennies for their hall of famers so like i can just wear my penny and like 
go into <laughs> don't into a little don't go into my Home Depot bag. Stop, guys, I'm here. Um, that same no, that same guy. Wait, wait, that same guy who said you shouldn't be in the lumber section. His whole attitude would have changed if you had that apron on. Oh my god, that guy! Man. I really, I thought he was. A, I laughed at him. I was laughing. I thought he was a comedian, and he was like, "I'm, I'm not joking." And I was like, "Oh my god, you exist. Who are you?" Um, but no, my local home people rocks. Like those people know me so well. I got my buddy Dwayne over there who helps me. Like, if it's a big piece of lumber, I'm trying to fit in my Fiat. He'll help me cut it up. What up, Dwayne? Got my girlfriend's at the front. Yeah, what up, Dwayne? He's like my favorite dude. <laughs> Um, but no, it's, it's nice. I, I've made relationships with the people at my local Home Depot because I see them almost on a daily basis at this point. So one thing I wanted to touch on, I know your backstory is awesome. I mean, your dad was a hands-on guy flipping houses. Then you went to work for him because you were sick of folding clothes. I'm just going to review your life in 20 seconds. And then. Okay. So can you write my, can you write my biography for me? Like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I need it spell checked, but it'll be fine. Um, That's fine. That's now you're Dr. Sam. You have sponsored blogs. You do this, I would say part-time, not to be unfair to you, but you know you have a full-time <laughs> career uh, as a doctor. Okay. God, I feel like a loser. And then... Um, I think I'm the crazy person. Like, I work with people who tell me they're crazy, but I think I'm the crazy person for going to school for so long. Okay, one other question um, for you about the Home Depot stuff. Do you have a Home oh. Depot black card? God, I wish that was a thing. I freaking wish that was a thing. I'm very fortunate that... I'll be quite honest. I'm very fortunate that for, you know, certain posts that I work with at Home Depot, I do receive gift cards, like, part of my compensation gift cards. Um, amount varies, but, you know... I'm very fortunate that for the most part, things there aren't too expensive. So I get to kind of use those. If there was a black card, though, I would probably get flights all over the world for what I'm <laughs> Okay, let's dive into blogging. I know, I know that we've touched on it. And, you know, through you describing your journey, uh, we've hit a couple key points. First question for you. If I wanted to start a blog... I don't even know what platform. Do you have to have a website to start a blog? Can you host it on someone else's site? What would you recommend right now for anyone listening that wants to just start a blog? What's the first step? Yeah, so there are definitely some options. I started my blog on Blogger, and then I moved to WordPress when I started turning my blog into a business just because it was a lot more dynamic and user-friendly for me. Um, I'm a very visual person, so the visual cues that WordPress allowed, allowed me to have made my life easy. But there are lots of other places to do it. I know some people who do um, have a Squarespace account or a Wix account or whatnot. And then go through, you can go through, or these, a lot of these websites will help you go through areas to buy a domain. I believe my domain is, is purchased through Google. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, there are a lot of things that you can do. The other thing is, it's not that expensive to start a blog. Um, I'll be quite honest with you. I'm looking into hosting my blog in another spot because it's just becoming too big for the host I have right now. But um, I can't say that I, I, I pay more than $30 a month right now for my blog. And that includes, you know, the domain. It's actually less. I think it's like 20 or 25 right now. But I'm sure once I change that over to something, it'll be more expensive. But at least for starting purposes, like it doesn't have to be an expensive process. A guy that I just met for the first time and been friends with, Johnny Rocker, he just commented. Love him. I know. I love him. He's the best. <laughs> and he's going to host, uh, he's going to a uh, future guest host. He said... Can I... 
can I like jump in and like is there what's the equivalent of photobombing a Skype session like Skype bombing? <laughs> I don't know. Are you about to do I'm gonna it? Skype bomb. I'm gonna Skype bomb your guys' podcast. <laughs> Just call in in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> so uh, Johnny Rocker says, Sam, I think you were the f- one of my first carpentry community friends. Love seeing how you've progressed. I love you. <laughs> yeah, um, Johnny yeah, Rocker is an I, I awesome re- guy. Yeah, and he had, he makes some like really cool stuff, guys. If you haven't checked him out, please check him out. He makes these like awesome chairs and his. Wait, Johnny, honestly, when you did the knock knock jokes on Insta stories, <laughs> I like died for six days straight. Like, I wish that you still did them. So please keep please keep doing knock knock jokes. This is a this is a very personal request. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that because I felt so weird at a stoplight laughing my butt off I was, at one of those videos. Oh my god. He's, there was one joke that he told that probably went on for 10 minutes, and the punchline had absolutely nothing to do with the joke, and oh, I yeah. thought I was going to pee my pants. Yeah. Like, I was <laughs> laughing so hard, and I tried to explain to other people why I was laughing so hard, and they didn't get it. It was just so good. It was so good. <laughs> okay. I, I totally forgot where we were. Oh, yeah. $25. You said $25. Right now. So I'll tell you when I started my blog. When I bought my domain and I started my blog, my blog was only costing me $1 a month what? to start. Nice. Mm-hmm. So what did it that get It got me you? a domain. Okay. So it got me DIY100s.com, the name. Um, it, it got me the platform that I was working on. So I just do WordPress.com, I believe, is the free version. Um, I was doing Blogger at the time, though. And then that's it. Blogger hosted all of my images for me. Um, so I was able to to do blogger they hosted my images and all i had to pay for was my domain name for a dollar a month so that's how i started all right Er, we got to back up the name diy huntress where does it come from did you pick it was it kind of gifted to you so it's kind of a a around there's a rounded story but it comes to an ending so i'll start with i always have had this reputation for being really cheap and um (laughs) my parents used to call me a bargain hunter because legitimately I was I like wouldn't buy things unless they were on sale I would always make things instead of buying them so I was always a bargain hunter and then I forget who it was it might have been one of my brothers who was like you can't be a hunter to your girl you're you're like huntress and I was like okay fair enough so like then I was bargain huntress and now when I started making things instead of buying things that kind of naturally progressed into DIY Huntress instead of Bargain Huntress. (laughs) That's cool. That's what brothers are for, I feel like. I love my brothers. They're the best. Okay, so you get get your host um, site set up. You got your paying your fees. How specific of a blog would you recommend someone being? And what I mean is, topic-wise, can can you just have a – I'm Karen or I'm Bobby and these are my thoughts blog or like when it comes to the making woodworking community, what would you recommend? Do you just stick to one kind of area or what? I don't know. This is hard because I'm definitely not an expert. Like when I started my blog, I hated what I was doing for two years before I figured out what I like to do. So I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends because you have people who are more lifestyle bloggers who do like recipes and home decoration and family stuff and then you have people who are just like pregnancy blogs and then you have people who are just like food blogs so I guess (laughs) my recommendation would be just pick something that you're passionate about because at the end of the day you don't who who the hell wants to write about shit that you don't like like it doesn't make any sense to me so like if you like something write about it like that's just 
I mean, for me, I'm woodworking, I'm home improvement. And like, I still have my crappy crafting stuff that I had when I started my blog three, five years ago. So I mean, I just I keep it because it's there and, and people like it. I don't know why. Thank you for whoever likes it. Um, but but right now, my main focus is really home improvement and woodworking and those two things I'm passionate about. So I stick to it. And it's mostly how to's, right? You're explaining. Different. Yeah, I would say like 90 percent of the content on my blog is how to's I think anything that's not a how to might be like a gift giving guide for the holidays or I don't do I so I actually and I this is interesting too I've gone into conversation about this I don't do product reviews on my website that's just not me I don't do tool reviews I don't do product reviews um, I never have I never will what I prefer to do is have a product that I can use in a project and use in a very practical way because then I feel like that's more meaningful at least for the readers who follow me is I, they don't, I don't know, at least for me, sometimes I feel like it doesn't make sense for me to write a post about how much I love my nail gun. Like, how about I use my nail gun to show you how to make something epic? And then, you know what I mean? Like, that makes more sense to me. Yeah. So, but that's just me. Like, if you're a tool review guy and you're passionate about reviewing tools, like, go for it, you know? But it's, it's each his own. I can't really, like, rec- like, tell people what they should or shouldn't do, you know? Yeah, when I get something new in my shop and it impresses me or... I notice a problem with it. I don't really like to review negative stuff because I don't like beating up on anybody or company. But if there's an obvious issue and I figure my way around it to make whatever I'm making successful, then I'll mention it or whatever. And I noticed in some of your lives, like when you go live with the Q and A's, you'll like pull some of like your products or your tools out and be like, guys, I really like this airstrike from Ryobi or I, do you have the? I do love my airstrike from yeah. Ryobi. It's yeah. freaking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> there have been times where I've used products and I don't like them. And what I will do is contact the company first to let them know, like, hey, I know that we had an agreement, but your product didn't work for what I was using. And, like, can you remedy it? And if not, like, I'd prefer if we don't do this type deal. Like, that's definitely happened to me before because I'd rather do that and be honest with the company that I was going to partner with than post complete and utter BS on my website, have somebody try the product, have it fail on them. And then they never want to come to re- like to my blog ever again. Yeah. So like in, in situations like that, you know, it depends what tour review blogs, they have to be honest about what they're reviewing. So I think it's, uh, it's definitely a little different. Um, for me, I just, if it's a, if it's a product that doesn't work for my needs, then I, I don't share it. Yeah. That makes sense. It, it's, I think, I believe that's called like integrity. Or something. <laughs> I believe that's the word. <laughs> yeah. So, how do you get your reach? I mean, is this where Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that come in handy to direct people to the blog? So, here's the thing. Um, I'm not really, and, and a lot of people always ask, how did you get so many followers on Instagram? I honestly don't know. My my biggest guess, my most educated guess, is it's just through me forming bonds with people in the community and liking other people's projects and and um, spending some time on hashtags and getting to know people. That being said, I'm very fortunate that the people that I've made these bonds with and the people who do follow me are very supportive people. So a lot of a lot of what I do, a lot of the reach comes from social media. Um, I think for a while, Instagram was actually my number one source of traffic on my website, which when I talk to other bloggers is like pretty unheard of. Um, now it's switched a little bit, you know, 
I, I started getting into Pinterest really late into the game. I was never a Pinterest person, but a lot of people use it. And it's a great way to kind of, it's like a Google for, you know, creativity. So it's kind of like you're finding exactly what you need and it makes sense to be on there. Um, so since I started growing that, that's becoming higher up on the list. But right now, actually, my number one referral source is direct. The, actually, the one and two are, are just direct people typing in my website and on Google. So I social media is great. I don't know, you know, if people are just like, oh, hey, I remember Sam posted this thing on, on Instagram and I, I forgot what it was called in the Google it type deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do know, like, I would definitely be would not be where I am if it were not for especially, you know, the Instagram platform. So if someone's just starting off and they create a website, you think Pinterest is still the go-to as far as like, hey, I'm going to post something here and that'll get traffic to my site? Because obviously if people don't know about a website, like let's say Bill William Patrick Customs starts um, a blog on my website, no one will really know about it until I direct them there. Like you just said, on Pinterest. So Pinterest... Would YouTube be another one? Like YouTube's big. With yeah, that? for sure. YouTube is a great. If you have the time for YouTube, do YouTube. Like YouTube is so great because a lot of people are moving more towards they want to watch instead of read, and I understand why. Everyone's really crunched, and there's not a lot of time in people's schedules. Um, if I had the time during the day, I would be doing YouTube videos all day long because YouTube is just one of those platforms that makes sense. Yeah. Um. So here's what I would say. If when you start your website and you are ready to start sharing content, don't be picky. Just do it across the board. Um, when I post a blog post, I post it to Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I make a, a, a dynamic pin, like something with the name, like an image that I know people will keep pinning. I put that on Pinterest. And then like I'll recycle it once in a while. You know, throwback Thursdays are a great way to say, hey, you guys, if you're new to my page. Hey, a year ago, I made this like epic bookshelf. Check it out again. And it's a good way to kind of recycle and show the new, the new, um, some of the stuff that they may have missed when, when you meet it. Okay. So let's say you get your blog up and running. You, you're getting good, solid content out. Traffic's starting to run through. When can people, when can people expect to, or What's a goal to get to to start monetizing a blog? So there are a couple ways to do this. Um, I I honestly don't remember my, my first real sponsored post or how it happened. But um, essentially, there are a couple ways. So the first way is once you start getting traffic, you can start applying for ad sites. Um, there are so many out there. Just you got to look into it, look at reviews. Unfortunately, when I did my migration, I did not use a professional to help me migrate from Blogger to WordPress. So ever since then, my analytics are weird. And and um, I, when I try to share it, it's weird. I don't know. Like I, I worked with all these companies and it's getting better. But basically, I don't do that. So I can't help you with that. I would I would recommend that if you have questions about that, ask somebody who does more of the um, ad revenue type deals. But before, say, say you don't even have that much traffic, what you can start with is like Amazon has a great program called Amazon Associates, it's an affiliate marketing program where you can recommend products with Amazon links and you receive commission for every time somebody purchases through that link. So that's a great place to start. And then look at the, the ad revenue. Um, and then the other place obviously is sponsored posts. So a lot of people reach out to me with questions about sponsored content and how to work with companies. Here's the thing. Um, I don't 
know the magic answer, but I can tell you what I've learned. And what I've learned is that every relationship in your life is a mutual relationship. You know, you scratch somebody's back and they scratch your back. So you can't expect a company to want to work with you if you haven't really established that sort of relationship with them yet. So just be honest, like don't force it, but be honest. I mean, I'm very fortunate that Ryobi, you know, works with me now in part in a lot of partnered projects, but I learned how to use power tools with Ryobi products. I still use Ryobi products today. And because of my, you know, my organic way in which I use them, that formed a relationship with that company. And it's been pretty similar with other companies as well. The other thing is, you know, once you feel comfortable with your language and what a contract looks like and how you're working with um, partners, then reach out to other partners that you feel passionate about, but people that you actually want to work with and people that you believe in their products. You know, I never want to force a relationship with a company that I don't feel like proud of or feel um, some sense of relationship with. So really start thinking about the companies that you love and the companies that make sense to you and kind of start there with, okay, um, I'd love to work with you. You know, this is what I can offer you. Here's my idea for kind of how we can partner. Are you cool with that? And yeah. then start there. Yeah, I think that's good advice. I think I think just being honest with yourself first about being honest in general is a good first step. Because there's a lot of people on Instagram now saying that a lot of different things are great. And it's just like, man, if, if someone sent me something and I didn't think it was great, I I always offer to send it back. It's only happened a couple times because I'm just a I'm just a small guy. But uh, if they say no, you can just keep it or do whatever you want with it. They're in my shed. I don't I don't use it. You know the things that I post are things that I actually use and I believe in. So I think that's great advice. I've always been an honest person. That's why I share my bad days too. Or if I have a bad time with something, I share it because nobody's perfect, and and the people who say they're perfect are liars so don't believe that um but honestly i don't know just be real the other thing i just want to say is um i get a lot of people who do ask about the partnerships and the monetize the monetizing and making money off a blog and hey i want to start a blog so i can make money um that's cool if that's your thing but really honestly i implore you to just think of ways to start a blog for other reasons than making money um because at the end of the day it doesn't matter if if that's what your goal is, but if you're not real and honest and passionate about what you're doing, it's going to be hard to make money off of what you're doing and it's not going to be enjoyable. So really think about, you know, what it is that you want to explore and what you want to pursue and, and go from it that way. And that portion of that journey will come naturally. Um, you won't have to force it because it certain opportunities will present yourself when you're being honest and you're being passionate. I think that's probably the best thing you said all day. Honestly, the whole interview, I really do. How do you know? You weren't hanging out with me all day. Come on. I'm, oh yeah, that could, that's, I wasn't. I wasn't hanging out with Sam all day. Uh, but um, it's so true though. It's like, if you, if you want to start a blog, be passionate about the blog. Don't worry about making money. If you want to make money, go be a stockbroker guy or girl. Like, I don't know. I think I think what you're saying is right. If you're passionate about it and it works and it makes sense and it helps people, in the end, it's going to make you money and you're not even going to realize like how it happened. I think that's kind of what happened to you. Like You're just passionate about what you're that's doing. Exact, 
you yeah. you'd set things up in a professional way. You're an honest person. You make honest relationships with people. And one day someone's like, I'd really like to uh, sponsor this project for you. What are you going to say? No, thank you. I love spending my money because I'm still in college. <laughs> what? That's not yeah, gonna... I, I'm trying. I mean, I'm trying to even think of the first um, company I ever actually partnered with. I, I can't remember offhand the first company I got paid by, but I can remember the first few companies that I partnered with and all of those companies I was really into, like all those companies I was so passionately into and it made sense. And not only did it make sense, like I would have, I would have already built those projects anyway, if I wasn't getting paid for them, but like it just made it building those projects like that much cooler. Brady McKay uh, commented on InstaLive because we're still running on InstaLive, which I think we both kind of forgot about for a second, but that's okay. I mean, you guys are lucky because you get like the whole show. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> I was supposed to cut this off an hour ago. No, Brady McKay says, <laughs> if you had the chance, would you switch to another company besides Ryobi if they wanted to sponsor you? So basically what he's saying is, could you get bought out of you know your sponsorship or the relationship with Ryobi. So I think again, it goes back to, and I'll, I'll be honest. Um, it, it really goes back to, is it a company that I feel like meshes with what I do? Um, I really have an emotional attachment right now to Ryobi just because they're the company that I learned how to use tools on. However, it doesn't mean that they're the only company I use. I mean, I have rigid tools in my shop. I have some DeWalt stuff, you know, so it really just, you know, if, if a, I'm thinking of like some companies in my head right now that, if they were to approach me and offer me more money than I'm making doing what I'm doing with certain other companies, like, no, just because you're offering me more money, like doesn't mean I'm going to work with you. I'm not like the kind of person who is, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like reinforced by money. I, I just would rather maintain relationships that make sense to me, even if it means they're not paying me as much as somebody else might pay me. You know what? Ladies and gentlemen, DIY Huntress cannot be bought. So don't even try it. Okay? <laughs> I know. And you know what, guys, and I'll be honest, you know, maybe it's different for people who do this full time. You know, like there are people who do this full time um, and there are people who who rely on their blogs as businesses. But for me, you know, I became a doctor and I'm doing really rewarding work every day outside of my blog as well. It doesn't mean I don't, I love my, it doesn't mean that I love my blog any less than I loved it when I was doing it full time. My blog is my child. Like I love that thing. Like I burst it out of my own room. Like I honestly could never imagine my life without my blog and the relationships and the people who follow me. It is such a huge part of my life, but you know, there are definitely people who do it full time. And that's something that they have to consider. For me, I'm just more of a passionate person. I'd I'd rather know that the time the the time I'm spending with my website is time that counts. So that's just how I feel about it. I'm not an expert. Like don't 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 listen no, to me. No, it's all okay. The time. <laughs> I I don't think you have to call yourself an expert, but I think that people really admire the journey you've been through because of the honesty, the purity, and the success that you've gotten from it. And it doesn't like I was joking around before that you're Oh, you're famous. You're famous. No, I, I think that you're just very good at what you do. I don't think we have to categorize it. I think that you're good at it and people recognize it and that's why you have the followers you do. I think if you had to answer in 10 seconds or less, number one advice for someone starting a blog in 10 seconds or less. Oh my God, how fast do I have to talk? <laughs> you ever hear that micro machine commercial from when we were kids? You know, 
Okay, no, you know what I'm thinking of actually when like there's <laughs> when there's like a, a medical commercial for like a prescription drug and they're telling you all <laughs> they're gonna kill you really fast <laughs> at the end of the commercial. <laughs> They talk real nice and slow when they're telling about all the benefits. This will increase the uh, how fast you can run. You're going to grow more hair. And then at the end, they're mm-hmm. like, may cause diarrhea and all this other like stuff. And you're like, <laughs> I like, don't know if I want to take diarrhea, that. Permanent paralysis and death. And you're like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. So just <laughs> okay, quick advice. I, if you just had to. For people just starting. Yeah. Um, a little recap. Yeah. yeah. Just, just honestly, my quick advice would be choose to start a blog because you're passionate about something and the content will come very easy and opportunities will also come very easy. Oh, okay. Yes. I, I, I like that. And you know, this is stuff that you said before, but I want people just to leave the episode, you know, remembered or that's not a word. Okay. So let's just move on. Cause I'm an idiot. I mean, we can write a song called remembered and release it as a backtrack to this podcast. Right. And then we could blog about how we did it. Oh my God. Perfect. Done. <laughs> All right, so now let's flip it around. What is some advice of what to tell people not to do when starting a blog? Like what what do people worry about or don't know about starting a blog that they shouldn't do? Like, I mean, like is it other than, is other it than like, the opposite of what I just said? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, the opposite. But, I mean, is it like just maybe calming down your expectations or I don't know. It's like um, – was there anything that happened to you that if you went back, you could be like, man, I just wish I would have done that different and or not done that? I'm so, like for me, I just started so unconventionally. I didn't start the way that most other people started. But um, <clears throat> I would just say, honestly, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you from, really from what I've learned from other people's mistakes and having very valuable conversations is just don't start a blog with the intention of becoming a millionaire in a year. <laughs> like it's just not <laughs> realistic. So um just yeah just be realistic about your expectations you know my first three years I made zero dollars because it was a crafting blog and I just got a couple free cans of spray paint and some sequins that I never used but (laughs) I just you know be realistic about what your expectations are for when you start a website and you you get what you give okay so we're just gonna the topic of the blogging we're ending that right now and we're gonna move on to a very short um ending of the show where um, we ask each other yes or no questions. So I'll ask you two, you ask me two. And then um, we'll ask each other two would you rather questions. So they're kind of a spin off each other. but So I always ask um, the guest co-hosts or company guests, is Chicago pizza better than New York pizza? Yes or no? That is a big fat no. I got to stop having guests on from the East Coast. Like this is ridiculous. I, I you are the, the biggest thumbs down. Your pizza is the best pizza. You don't fold pizza. Yeah, people fold their pizza here all the time. I ate pizza in Chicago a couple months ago. It was not about it. I wanted. I got your pizza the second I got off the plane. I'm sorry, but the whole episode just got deleted. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. now now ask me one. Yes or no? Okay. Oh, okay. Because you kind of know me, right? I mean. Ask me just anything, Jenna. You're not, you're not ready. You're not ready for this question. Uh Oh. Sour Patch Kids are better than sour gummies, like the worm ones. The worm ones. Mm -hmm. I have to go. Wait, say the question again. So Sour Patch Kids are better than sour worm gummies. Yes. Yes, we could be best friends forever. Yeah, they are because every time we go to the movies, I get those. Oh my God, so good. And my stepson eats them all. 
Okay. Um, yes oh, or no question. You should buy two packs then. Why do you just buy one, cheapy? I know. <laughs> we go on like the kids get in for free night too. We're so cheap. Um, oh my god, you're so cheap. Buy the five pound bag. What? You sneak in the five pound bag? <laughs> yeah, just have your have your wife bring in like a big giant bag. They don't check. <laughs> have her bring a diaper bag. Just fill it full of the sour bag. Uh, miss, why are you bringing in that beach bag to a movie? Don't worry about it. Diapers. It's, it's feminine. Diapers. Uh, it's products. products. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, yes or no. Oops. I just paused the, um, oop. Oh, we got, all right. The video just ended. I accidentally hit it when I picked up the phone. That's okay. They'll just have to tune in to the end of the podcast. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I wanted yes to know no the question. last yes or no question. Damn it. <laughs> that okay. people in like distress. <laughs> right. All right. So yes or no. <sighs> yes or no, Sam DIY Huntress, man. I have two, and I don't know which one to ask, because one's kind of like a personal one. Um, want a bonus question? Do we have bonus questions? Like, we should have bonus I questions. The next one right, do I get a bonus question? <laughs> <laughs> All right, yes or no, when you see, yes or no, when you see other female builders on Instagram that show more of their body than their projects, does it bother you at all? Yes or no? No, because wait, I have to explain, right? So no, because <laughs> um, honestly, I, for me personally, like I've gotten some slack for wearing like jean shorts or a tank top in a photo, which mm. is like f off, dude. If it's ninety nine degrees outside, I'm gonna wear whatever I want. Um, but honestly, I just do you, like do you. If that's how you feel comfortable, do you. Like heck, I wish sometimes I had, you know the balls to wear a bikini top in photos but that's not me so if that's you good for you like i wish i had that kind of that kind of passion for that <laughs> yeah i woke up one day and i said damn it i have a passion for wearing bikinis why i weld and i don't care if i get a spark on my whatever damn it there you go yeah <laughs> all right your turn oh god okay um okay yes or no oh god this is hard when you don't prep for these in i advance. know it's like on the spot. Um, yes or no? Oh, this is a good woodworking question. Yes or no? CNC machines are cheating. Yes. I am a sign maker oh. that makes it by hand. Yes. C okay. Even though I think that there's a ton of value for CNC machines, I strongly believe that there is a more timeless and classic look to anything done by hand. So That's fair. That's yes. Fair. Cheating, cheating. All right, now, mm -hmm. would you rather, Sam DIY Huntress, would you rather have gotten your doctorate? Is that what it's called, a doctorate? Yes. Okay, thank you. I, that's what I thought. I did graduate, but it was at ASU, so it doesn't really count. <laughs> it uh, counts, it counts. Okay. Would you rather have gotten your doctorate in what you did get it in, which is psych, psychology, right? Or rare Japanese woodworking with like, like a master woodworker? I don't even oh, know if that's goodness. a thing. But if it was a thing, if you could go to college and be a master woodworker or what you are now, what would it be? That's a really hard one because honestly, if like master Japanese woodworker was an option on my college application in high school, I probably would have checked that box off. Mm -hmm. Like that sounds epic. Like what if you came back from Japan and your dad's like waiting for you at the plane because you and your dad are close and you're like, you look like karate kid, but like the Sam version. <laughs> With the thing on your head, and you're like, Father, check out this joint I did. 
and he's like totally impressed. Like, oh, daughter. And all of a sudden he starts talking like, like Japanese a, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh my god, yep. If okay, that was be, silly. If that would have been my life, then yes, then <laughs> I would have rather. If that means that we both get to talk like karate kid and the master, then yes. You know what's gonna happen right now? I'm gonna I'm gonna end this podcast and I'm gonna go upstairs <laughs> and my wife's gonna be like, How did it go? Was it nice? Oh, okay. And I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna start talking to her like Mr. Miyagi. It's not gonna be good. All right, oh, so yeah. um, we're gonna, we're gonna get off this podcast. I'm gonna watch Karate Kid before bed tonight. Yeah, seriously. Okay, so it's like actually my turn. Yeah, it's your turn. Would you rather? Last right. question. Would you rather? It has to be a really good one. Wait. I know it's hard. This is really, really hard. I really don't know. Let me say, it's gotta be a really good one. Um, would you rather? Okay. Would you? This is so random, but I'm really curious. Would you rather have dinner? With The Rock or Vin Diesel? Oh, is this supposed to be like a good dinner? (laughs) (laughs) I would have to say The Rock because Vin Diesel, I don't know how to read him. I don't know if he's really (laughs) like a a badass or is he like a thespian. And they're both cool. Like, whatever. But like, I I didn't think of that. I just don't know if Vin Diesel is who I want him to be or... (laughs) who he might really be. So I think the rock is a great actor. And I think, but I think there's a lot of the rock in Dwayne. You know what I mean? Did I just yeah. go deep? I, yeah, that was deep. Like I'm totally analyzing the shit out of you. Right now. Oh, thank you. Is this going <laughs> to cost any money? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to charge you an hourly rate for this one. No, do you know what I mean though? Like some actors and actresses like, you like, I, of course, I like Vin Diesel, like whoever he is, because I don't know who he is. But he has this like thing about him that I'm not sure because he plays other movies. And I'm just like, that's not the Vin I know. He should be hopping in a muscle car and jumping over a train. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Also, though, like now that I know that Dwayne Johnson can sing. Oh, for some oh. Reason, that makes me want to have dinner with him so much more. Really? Like you're going to be taking a bite of ribeye and you want him to like stand up, throw the chair against the glass, shatter it, and then break into a tune? Yeah, and they'd be like, you're welcome, like from Moana. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right, Sam, DIY Huntress, uh, thank you for coming on, talking blogging, talking a little bit about everything, really. Um, thanks for being silly, being professional, and being you. Thank you very much. Um so much fun yeah thank you i hope you come back again to host uh, a different topic a different time when you forget this happened and you're like yeah that sounds fun no i'm just kidding no it's gonna be i'm johnny rocker i'm coming for you i'm gonna be your co-host for that guy i'm just gonna be like what's up guys yeah <laughs> you'll be on the live taunting him <laughs> um tell everyone where they can find everything and anything and everything about diy huntress cool so if you want to stalk me on social media I am DIY Huntress on everything, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, on Pinterest. Luckily, nobody stole any of those yet. And then if you want to find my blog, it's DIYHuntress.com. And if you want to contact me or have any questions, you can find me the most quickly on Instagram or through the contact page on my website. Sounds good, Sam. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Sam, for coming on Grain Knockers. And thank you, Grain Knocker Nation, for 
being patient. Thank you for waiting for this episode. I think it was worth the wait. You're not going to have to wait that much longer for the next one, though, because we're going to bring in Rubio Monaco right away. And we're going to post it right away. So get caught up on all your episodes. Make sure that you're subscribed to us on SoundCloud. Make sure that if you like what you hear, you give a five-star review on iTunes. Follow us on Instagram, also Facebook, if you would like. And lastly, I just want to say thank you so much to Fuji Spray Systems for setting the tone for the Mega Giveaway, Rigid Power Tools for matching that tone, as well as Acme Tools, Ryobi, General Finishes, RZ Mask, Isotunes, Gator Finishing, and Revmark. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. We'll see you in episode 12. Oh, but first, one last thing. If you see another podcast out there that's pretty much doing the exact same thing we're doing, give it a listen. I'm not going to hate. At first, I was a little upset that they didn't have any creativity and had to steal other people's ideas, but you know what? Go for it. I'll support you. Till next time, Great Knocker Nation. See ya!